We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. What is up, Broncos country? It is Wednesday night in the Mile High City, which means it is time for MHI. Luke Patterson joined with me as always is my good friend, football savant. He's going to calm <laughs> us down. He's going to give us some positive news today. Thomas Hall, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, obviously, uh, when it comes to the Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. So it's a tough, tough job. But. Yeah, I'm the good. Otherwise. Good old Hall of Fame. Good old we Hall like of Fame. It. We like it when our guys get in. We yep. hate it when they get snubbed. And that is exactly what has happened once again today here in Broncos country. I was out at practice at Centura Health Training Center where it was another full day of pads. But forget practice. As soon as practice kicked off, we learned that Mike Shanahan did not make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Instead, Buddy Parker, former Detroit Lions head coach, made it into the hall. And Thomas, before we get your reaction, I just got to tell you, Broncos country was seething up on the hill today. I looked around, you know, as well as I do being out here at camp, it's great people watching. When you come out oh, of sure. camp, you get to see some really cool jerseys. You get to see some cool Broncos tattoos. You see little kids running around with their family. It's a really cool thing. Not so cool to see an angry mob of Broncos country wondering why their two-time Super Bowl winning head coach, former head coach, Mike Shanahan, can't seem to make it into Canton. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, I think it'll be worse. It, it will it will be way worse if Gratishar doesn't get in uh, next week, but I think he will. So hopefully that will kind of, you know, quell the, the sting of this time. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the problem, and I'm going to go right into it. The, the real problem started when the Hall of Fame misused, the Hall of Fame voters misused the Centennial class. This is where it all started. They, they force-fed us Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson way too early. That Centennial class was supposed to be for these old-timers that haven't gotten in a long time. Then I mean, if they had done it right to begin with, they missed they missed up messed up on four 
of those, at least four, probably five of those um, uh, Hall of Famers in that class, which has perpetuated this this now uh, interesting development, right? Right now we should be talking about Bill Cower versus Mike Shanahan, not Buddy Parker versus Mike Shanahan. Now I'm going to be the first one to say Bar- Buddy Parker deserves it. Go if you don't know who Buddy Parker is, do a little no, research. No, and no one does. I'm gonna no I'm gonna does. interrupt you right there. No, no one does. And I mean no disrespect. And I want you to tell us, and I want you to tell me who Buddy Parker is because I don't mean any disrespect to the man, rest his soul, his family. What an accomplishment. Mike Shanahan. I mean, talk about a, a class act. Mike Shanahan's quoted today as saying, it's an honor to be nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame and be part of the final selection. I would like to congratulate the family and friends of Buddy Parker. All due respect, who in the hell is Buddy (laughs) Parker? And this is my bone with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tom. They wait too long to get these guys in. If you're not going to do it for them, do it for their families. And case in point, Mr. Bolin, rest his soul. It it just absolutely makes me sick when I see a man like Jerry Jones make it in before Pat Bolin while the guy was still alive. So, you know, I'm not trying to take a dump all over Buddy Parker in this prestigious honor, but being born in 1991, Tom, I don't know who this man is. So I'm extra pissed off. If I knew who he was, I'd still be (laughs) mad. But when I don't know who he is, it's a crying shame, not only for Buddy Parker, but also for Mike Shanahan. Well, I'll tell you, that's the, that is the big problem right now. There's a couple problems. Number one, people have forgotten. Even many of the voters don't know who some of these older time, old time guys are, right? They, these are people that were from the pre-modern era for the most part, really. They're kind of forgotten about. So there is a need to get those in. Because if you think about it, the, the Hall of Fame started in the 60s, right? But the NFL started way longer ago, right? You know, the 1920s, basically. But even before that, there, there was remnants of it. So there's uh, there was there's this huge gap of these old timers that need to get in. Buddy Parker, a couple championships, just like Mike Shanahan. You know, very, he is innovative. There's, there's a few things in that Detroit, he's done. A couple of championships in Detroit. I yes, mean, like back it, in the it, day, really. Back, well, the they last time that? they actually won a playoff game was 1957, which they won the championship. So it's been the, the Lions have been suffering for a long time, but these a lot of old timers haven't haven't had their due. And this is the bone that I have to pick with. I do have a bone to pick with the Hall of Fame. Now the. the after night uh, from 2017 to now, there's really not a huge argument that fans of the Broncos have. We've gotten Terrell Davis, Pat Bowlin, Champ Bailey, Steve Atwater in the hall in the last eight years, maybe Gratishar in the last eight DeMarcus years. That's Ware. five in eight years. That's pretty freaking good. The problem is they've ignored Six. DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, if you want to, I mean, I I count him as a cowboy. Look at his locker. You, Look yeah, at his I mean, locker. Manning, Social media, you, you right? You don't see silver Manning. blue. I mean, there there ha- you can you can point to him, but my problem is just like the old timers that they've forgotten about. They have they they have ignored the Broncos. This is the bone to pick that they. If you want to have a bone to pick with the Hall of Fame, it's that they ignored the Broncos for so long. A, a team that went to uh, Super Bowl in the seventies three in the eighties and then a couple more in the nineties had one hall of famer in 2004. And that was John Elway. That's the bone to pick. Mm -hmm. You need to talk to them and pressure them into opening up more senior candidates for the hall of fame, because there are a ton of Broncos that are just sitting there waiting. That's, that's the problem. Recently, they have not been ignoring the Broncos. I'll tell you that. Now I was disappointed that Shanahan didn't get in. 
I think Shanahan has a better resume than Buddy Parker, but I do understand that Buddy Parker also has a spot in the Hall of Fame. So it's a matter of opinion at that point. Like, should we put in mm. Buddy Parker? Should we put in? I mean, if you think about it, it is. It's a matter of opinion. But I was Mike Shanahan is 70 years old. Buddy Parker died at age 68 in 1982. I mean, that is kind of further in the point you and I are trying to make here that like timing matters, especially in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because some of these cats, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school when I say they're a little long in the tooth. And it's it's a crying shame. And we're going to continue to get into it. But I got to get to our guy, Troy, who was in here. Very first Super Chat superstar coming in hot before the show even started saying, hey, guys, have a great show. I'm going to listen later. I hope the snubs and the Russell Wilson bashing make a great season all the sweeter. And Troy Thomas was just echoing this this very same attitude, sentiment, whatever you want to call it. Maybe Gratishar gets in this week and we feel a lot better. Maybe Russell Wilson and the Broncos play fantastic football and, and play winning football this year and we feel a lot better. All of those things can definitely make us feel better. But when Broncos country's out there sweating in the record degree heat today in the Mile High City, this was the last thing that they needed <laughs> plopped onto their plate as we watched second consecutive day full of pads. So, Troy, I hear you, man. It's it's frustrating, but I like your attitude, and I think Thomas is definitely trying to represent that and be a little level-headed here because I'm not. I'm hot, I'm upset, <laughs> and I am here for all of it. So we want to hear from you, Broncos country, just like our guy Michael Rinkia. What's up, big Mike? I was talking to Mike last night. Um, Michael saying, good evening, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos and Buckham. And, Michael, I was thinking of you a lot during that Arizona Cardinals game. I know you and Ron got to react to that game, but here we go, baby. Preseason game number two on Saturday against the San Francisco 49ers. Some guy named Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. Yeah, their team, Trey Lance, things like that. Interesting storylines for the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. So I can't wait for preseason game number two. I'm shocked I'm saying that, but (laughs) – I do want to let you guys know Orange and Blue View with Thomas Hall and Ron White are going to be doing a special show uh, at 6.30 p.m. Mountain on Saturday night. Try to get you 5.30. Is it 5.30? Did I screw that up? 5.30 p.m. Mountain uh, pregame show as they get you ready, Ron and Thomas Hall, for the Niners game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. So stay tuned on Saturday. And while we're plugging, let's plug away, Thomas, because you've got a very special Friday morning show that you and I were talking about before we jumped on MHI. Tell us a little bit about some special cat that's going to be joining (laughs) you on Friday morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Friday morning, 
Legends of Mile High. We have a Broncos legend coming on. Arguably the best right tackle in all of Broncos history. Ken Lanier is coming on the show. Mm. He's going to answer some questions, uh, give us some uh, knowledge on past Broncos, and also hopefully some info on what it's like to be injured as an offensive tackle because there's some injuries that are out there right now. So for the Broncos current day. Oh, God, yeah. Can he fix the offensive tackles right now? Because we'll get into it a little later here in the show. But it's in my notes, I've got break glass, SOS, emergency. Things are bad at the offensive tackle position, and I have no problem calling Garrett Bowles out on a lot of that. Now, I know he's a veteran player. I know he's coming off of a broken bone. I just broke my arm a year ago. I get it. It's a long recovery. I can only imagine playing offensive line in the NFL. But uh it's my responsibility to give it to you guys like I see it out at camp every day, and that's yeah. exactly what we want to do. Just like our guy Dylan Von Arks doing what he has to do over at MileHighHuddle.com. Be sure to check out all of Dylan's work. The man is tireless in bringing Broncos coverage. Sub Broncos country, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Please share on all platforms and subscribe if you have not done so already. And Thomas and I are talking training camp. We're talking Mike Shanahan snubbed from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I mentioned it just a little bit ago, Thomas. I mean, 70 years old. Mike is 70 years old. And I know we love our childhood heroes. Just to tip my cap uh, for Mike Shanahan. Live forever, right? They're immortalized. But that's not the case. They're all human beings as well. And I would just really, really be disgusted to not see Mike make it in at the appropriate time. Now, Mike's a very healthy human being. I don't know anything that nobody else knows or anything like that. But uh, I just I know what it would mean for this fan base. I know what it would mean for Kyle. I know what it would mean for so many coaching trees in the NFL. I was talking to my wife about this before I even hopped on the show. I mean, for crying out loud, the coaching tree of Mike Shanahan is everywhere from san francisco to minnesota and everything in cincinnati everything in between shanahan's fingerprints are all over the nfl here in 2023 well i'll tell you a couple things so first of all when they're inducted after they've passed they don't get the gold jacket their family doesn't get the gold jacket so i mean that's a that's a interesting yeah, that's a symbol of being in the hall of fame yes they don't get one so you know when pat bowen went in his family didn't get a gold jacket and that, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, to be represented in the hall of fame, but also have, the, that's a symbol, right? So that's a bummer. Um, sure. The other bummer really is the fact that in 2020, they put Bill Cower in to the hall of fame. And if you look okay. at their resume side by side, Shanahan's the better coach. Now I know he had a bit of a struggle in Washington, but every coach that goes to Washington struggles, right? He yes, got to the playoffs, was... which was pretty good for yeah. Washington. I wanted so, to ask you about that just real quick. Is he being punished for Washington? I mean, that's yeah, the only I think, thing I, I could think of. Like, I is it is that, it just you should have stayed in Denver? You should have rode off into the sunset. You had success in San Fran. You had success in Denver. We're not going to look at that skid mark that was the Raiders because they're just a continued skid well, mark. He was but, set up for fail. But, I mean, come, right. Come on, man. I mean, is it this the Washington thing? I mean, talk I, to me, I, Thomas. I can't figure it out. Why? Why? I think that does hurt him going to Washington and not being able to recreate more success, but he did get to the playoffs. So he got the playoffs. Um, so, you know, he had some success there, but I think that plays in, into it a little bit. 
But when now that you look at the fact that it's not just coach, right? It's coach slash slash contributor. So you combine those two things. This is why um, the Air Coriel got in because he wasn't getting in as a coach because he didn't have the record. He didn't have the championships. He didn't have that. But as a coach contributor, his his uh, contributes uh, what he contributed to the offense, the offense that we know today, got him into the Hall of Fame. You look at Shanahan; he's the same thing. Not he has a way better record as a coach and way better, you know, championship pedigree as a coach than Air Coyle. But you also have to look at what he did with the West Coast offense. He tweaked it a little bit. It's still, you know, it, it changed schemes. And then the zone blocking scheme, it revolutionized the running game. So you have to take that into account. And the reason it, it, it kind of boggles my mind. And now Buddy Parker has some, some of the same, uh, what I would say, the same type of things for you know, on his resume. But Shanahan should should get in sooner rather than later because it's coach contributor. He has both of them nailed, you know, some coaches, they're good coaches, but they don't, they, they didn't change the game. Shanahan did. And that's why I think Shanahan's going to get in. I I think, I think it might be as early as next year, right? The next cycle he might get in. Well, let's hope so. I mean, let's be honest. Mike was also a GM. He was a GM head coach. He was everything he needed to be. And I'm tired of him not getting that recognition. But speaking of recognition, Jasmine with a very generous 1999 super chat. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Your generosity really helps us uh, continue to grow and keep the lights on here at MHH, specifically this show on Wednesday nights. Jasmine weighing in saying, I'm looking forward to the game to see if there's been any progress with the offense (laughs) great show guys and jasmine i'm with you here okay because i'm trying to take see i overreact with mike shanahan but i'm not overreacting with this broncos (laughs) offense right now offensive tackle is a concern it's my biggest concern on this football team and don't talk to me about the kicker i'm still worried about it but what keeps me up at night and what should keep russell wilson up at night is that left side of the line specifically with garrett bowles however We are not seeing all of Sean Payton's offense. I wrote about it yesterday at milehighhuddle.com in yesterday's camp observations. And there's some sleight of hand going on right now all over the NFL. And you know what's going on with Sean Payton. Sean Payton is going to have a commitment to running the football. It's one of the reasons why Michael Burton has been one of the biggest stars in training camp. That's right. Michael Burton. Don't know who he is. That's okay. He's a fullback coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. I said fullback. You look at these other tight ends, right? You've talked about him. You've wrote him up at Adam or uh, at milehighhuddle.com. Adam Charlton, man. Broncos country. Get used to this guy. There's a reason Sean Payton traded for this man he's an unsuspecting pass catcher who dominated i'm talking dominated practice today he's pulling down red zone touchdowns one-handed catches i mean defenses aren't going to be looking for adam troutman if greg dulcich and adam troutman are both on the field so jasmine i hear you there's frustration because broncos country doesn't have patience and you shouldn't have patience we've been telling you this next year's gonna be it for Coming on 10 years now, folks. I mean, the 10-year anniversary from 2015 is coming up in just a couple of seasons. So I understand Broncos country not having any patience. But then again, it's preseason where patience is forced down our throats. (laughs) So I say to you, Jasmine, hang in there. I think you're going to see some improvements. Why? Javante Williams is checking into the game, baby. And I wrote about him today over at milehighhuddle.com. This man is aching. To be turned loose, Thomas. You saw it out there at training camp with me. He's being monitored, but he looks fantastic. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the running game, 
can't really get going. And thank you, Jasmine. Appreciate that uh, that generous super chat. The running game can't get going in uh, in preseason because the offense doesn't play that much, right? So they they go out, they run a bit. And I know there's there's studies out there that say that running game doesn't doesn't impact it. But I actually did a study, and I can go back and find it. It's on Mile High Huddle. I wrote it up, talked about it on Twitter. I looked at the number of carries that somebody can get, a running back gets, and what the impact has on the game. And it actually does have an impact on the game, the number of carries. So when the offense starts for real in the regular season, you're going to see the running game impact what the offenses does more significantly than you'll ever see it in preseason ever. So I would, I would hold that back judgment a little bit until you see it in real live games, because I mean, think about it, the starters play for a few snaps and then they're on the bench and then it's the, you know, they come in with some other, other things and they try a bunch of different stuff. So uh, the running game is going to be way more impactful than we're seeing in preseason. So just wait and see what happens in the regular season. You're on mute. Just just wait, guys. Just wait. I'm telling you, it is coming. Samaji Pirine is coming. Broncos country is going to fall in love with this man. I know he doesn't say he does anything special. He's been one of the most consistent players of camp. He's a no-nonsense north-south runner. Compliments Javante Williams very well. They're very similar. Javante's got a more explosive athletic element to his game, no doubt. But Samaji Pirine... Cincinnati Bengals are going to be missing this cat for a long time. Um, just real quick regarding the Arizona Cardinals game. I appreciate the fact that Sean Payton is challenging Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy. We're seeing, I'm seeing drops out there at camp. I mean, we're, it's not like Jerry Judy's catching every single ball, but after every drop, Russell Wilson's going back to him for a huge chunk, a huge gain. That is truly building chemistry. We're witnessing it. And when you see it for a great touchdown, fantastic. So uh, a couple silver linings, right? And I don't like to live in the past of preseason game number one, but I just had to get that in there. Jasmine, appreciate your support. Phil McLaughlin, my guy. What's up, Phil? Appreciate your support. I know Thomas does as well here on MHI. Good evening, Thomas and Luke. Garrett Bowles plays bad again this weekend. Will Cam Fleming take his spot as the starter? As the starter, shame to the Hall of Fame. Hashtag Buckham, uh, go Broncos. Yeah, I don't think so. Cam Fleming, for as bad as Garrett Bowles looks, Cam Fleming does not bring anything positive to the table in terms of an improvement. Now, that's not to say Garrett Bowles can't turn it on. That's not to say Cam Fleming won't start and will do horrible. I think you can disguise a lot of things in the running game. However, I'm concerned, Tom. I'm pouring through the free agent tracker trying to figure out, is there a guy we can bring in? And Michael Schofield's out there. I don't want him back. <laughs> Jawan James is back out there. I don't need him back. Uh, Taylor Lewan, I'm pretty sure he's lost like 100 pounds doing podcasts. Eric Fisher, yeah. no thank you. So the market for offensive tackle is really tough. Sean Payton's going out there, spitting into the microphone and giving his history of trading for Will Lutz and saying we might still be in on another kicker. How about trading for an offensive tackle? Because the yeah. depth, let alone the starter, good Lord, Phil, I'm worried. Yeah, if if Cam Fleming, from what what I and you saw in camp, if Cam Fleming has to come in, uh, it's it's dire, right? It's not good. <laughs> it's like it's like I said on Twitter the other day. If someone was mentioning uh, Stidham, if you know when's he going to take over starting? If Stidham comes in, Never. they're not probably not going to win another game the rest of the year. 
So I'm not quite that bad with Cam Fleming, but it's getting there. You know, Cam Fleming did not look very good. Garrett Bowles didn't look very good. And frankly, uh, McGlinchey didn't look that great either when he was out there. So there's, there is a problem at offensive tackle. I hope it can get fixed, but I don't want to see them overreact and throw Cam Fleming out there just to get beat because I, I, either one, Bowles and Fleming aren't, aren't performing very well. So yeah, I, if they do, if he does take his spot at the starter, it's probably because he got injured. Bowles got injured, and you know that that would be a bad that would be a bad thing. That would be a bad thing. The Broncos have got to figure it out, and I just look at it like, what better time than now to figure it out with the San Francisco 49ers? I don't think Bosa's right. going to be out there, right? He's still holding in or holding out or whatever the hell it is that they do these days. But this is a San Francisco 49ers defense that is no nonsense. They're not going to be pushed around. Their championship. Yeah caliber defense it's going to be a fantastic test against this offensive line and then just a week later you've got the los angeles rams and some guy named aaron donald coming into town and i know i see out there today right i think cam Akers and max crosby got into it like i give a rip if a running back is fighting your pass rusher you've got big problems i'm wondering where the old linemen are in that that whole mix probably on the ground because max crosby absolutely wrecks everybody and i hate to say that because he's a raider but he definitely is Keeping me up at night already, Tom. And I can only wonder what Garrett Bowles could be thinking. Uh, look at our guy, David, man. I love David. David comes in. was just chatting with David the other day, too. Hope you're doing well, brother. Thank you so much for all of your support. A generous $10. David weighing in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Luke, Tom, Dylan, and Deegan Scott. Enjoy preseason. Never forget, hashtag 12 and 5, hashtag MHH for life, Buckham and Denver Broncos for life. 12 and 5, David has called his shot long ago. Uh, it's, it's quickly coming upon the time where we all make our predictions over at milehighhuddle.com. That's usually right during Labor Day weekend, if I'm not mistaken, before the regular season kicks off. And yep. we're going to have a little bit more realistic view of what the Broncos look like then. Uh, they did some business today. Tom, it looks like they signed a new running back. Um, yeah, Dwayne uh, Washington, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, from, had been at the Saints, yeah, Wash, yeah, in Washington, I think, uh, or no, Dwayne Washington, yeah, played for Sean Payton four years with New Orleans. Um, the Broncos did waive injured defensive tackle Forrest Morrell to make way for that room for that uh camp add on, and then they added a wideout this week, too, Tom. Yeah, trying to get through my roster, and it's hard because, as you know, they don't give updated rosters every single day to media yes. fans out there. <laughs> uh, but Sean Payton is proving that he will continue to add players. I just can't figure out why he's not adding any offensive linemen. I get it's tough yeah. to find them, but. I think if you truly want some depth, you're going to have to look at trading for a, maybe a backup. I don't know if there's a disgruntled starter that's overpaid on one year left on his deal that yeah. maybe you could try to get for peanuts or something like that. But I just I scratch my head a little and I, I like Sean Payton. I wanted him here. He was my number one coach. But these new guys coming in, new long snapper, right? Releasing kickers to get new long snappers in. And I'm just wondering, what are we going to do at OT? Yeah, I, I will just say the one thing about offensive line is it does take a little while to come together. Maybe that's part of it. it I mean, I don't want to chalk it up to that. I don't want to make excuses, <laughs> but they haven't played together that much, you know, with injuries and the yeah, the vet they're pretty healthy. And all of that. But it would be nice to see them all play together for an extended period and see how how they do. Uh, but you're right. 
I'm not sold on Can Fleming. I do like that he has versatility. I definitely am not sold on Isaiah Prince. I have not seen anything out of him that makes me think that he is uh, the answer at backup. So there's some issues. If someone goes down, there's issues. And then there's issues with the starters as well. I'd rather see your guy, Alex Palzeski, you yeah, know, in Palzeski. at right tackle. And I'll say this, speaking of offensive tackles, Quinn Bailey got a look today. I texted you that right on my way home yes. from camp. I mean, it was pretty surprising. Uh, I think big 75 is Quinn Bailey out there on the right-hand side. He was getting reps today and getting looks. So uh, it tells me Sean is concerned too. When you see some pretty drastic moves like that going with the ones, um, just trying to figure it out. But that's been Sean Payton's theme all of camp. Ones versus ones, ones with twos. There have been ones with threes at a certain time today. Again, you had ones and threes out there in team unit. I, I saw, I couldn't believe it. I was a little upset. I was worried. Um, Javante Williams was, is the starting running back. He was taking reps today with some lesser units. And it's yeah. like, what are we doing here? I thought we were so afraid that he was going to get broken and everything else. Javante's going to be fine folks. And to the folks that are, are scared to death of Javante getting hurt again, we can't control that. That's something that is he can't control that either. Um, and he's a running back. As harsh as it sounds, there are a dime a dozen. And there will always be another running back coming out in the NFL draft. And this is coming from a man who loves Javante Williams. I was pining for him coming out of that NFL draft in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. So I think this this look, he's a big boy. He's tough in Broncos country. They're going to get a healthy dose of him. So stay tuned. Jasmine coming in again. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I uh, hope you and your family are having a great rest of your summer. It's an awesome picture you've got with your little one there. Um, they say enjoy it, Tom, because as you know, it goes quickly. We're always talking yep. about our families before the show. And here we are. School, fall. Pretty soon it's going to be the holidays. Uh, enjoy every second you can with your family just like Jasmine and her great, beautiful picture. And she's saying, great to hear that Alex T is making great plays. Excuse me. It sounds like we will have a decent season. Remind me of who our wide receiver one is at this time. That would be an interesting question, Jasmine, because it all depends on what you consider wide receiver one. For me, wide receiver one means priority, top target, first read, and that is unquestionably Jerry Judy. Now, Cortland Sutton has been playing like the wide receiver number one when it comes to impact plays, highlight real catches. Um, it's just they're different receivers, right? You're talking about one who's big-bodied and powerful and the other who's shifty as hell and brings a whole new level of athleticism to the game. And, Tom, I want to give you your due because I told you right before training camp, I was worried about Jerry Judy. He's never scored double-digit touchdowns. He's, you know, a lot of talk. When is it going to be Jerry's time? I'm starting to see it here in yeah. training camp. This man is putting together some good days. Now, and they're not perfect. There have been drops, just like I reported. But, Jasmine, make no mistake about it. This offense is predicated on simple high-low reads. Russell Wilson needs to get the ball out as quick as he can. You're going to see that coached this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers, even with Jarrett Stidham and Ben DiNucci. That's why Jarrett Stidham is driving me crazy. He holds onto the ball <laughs> way too long. We have no idea where it's going to go. Sean Payton's offense, it's the fast and the furious, baby. I wrote about it day one at milehighhuddle.com. And look, I like that style because it keeps defenses guessing. Now, the offense had damn well better know their, their homework and had better be in the iPad, the playbook, what have you. But for me right now, Tom, wide receiver one, that's Jerry Judy. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you on that. He, he does seem like he's going to be the emphasis, but I, 
if you think about if you kind of think about it like who gets the most catches and the most yards, that type of thing, you know, as wide receiver one. I mean, there's a depending on how you want to do it. I still think that Cortland Sutton is actually going to come out ahead this year with more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns than Jerry Judy for a couple reasons. One, he he is he is like a man on fire out there. He is ready to go out and compete. Like he seems like he has that same mentality he had when we all thought he was going to be an all pro, right? We saw the trajectory. 2019. Yep. He looked really good, got injured. And it takes a while to get your confidence back from injury. It just does. Yes. The other re- Thank you. You just <laughs> said it. He was wearing Garrett Bowles' knee brace out yep. there. That's not happening, Tom. You're exactly right. right. He's finally got confidence back. And part of it's not having that damn offensive line knee brace on yeah. his leg. And the second one, if you look at Sean Payton's offense of the past, almost every time the leading receiver was that big, strong, go get the football type receiver. You got Colston, you got Thomas, almost every one of those. When you look at receivers, that that was the guy that got the bulk of the yards, the bulk of the receptions, the bulk of the touchdowns. And that's what I see Cortland Sutton. He's going to take that role. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be the leading receiver, whether or not he's wide receiver one or not. That's that's a debate. Look, I the only bone I have to pick with Cortland Sutton is in that last game with the Arizona Cardinals. And I tweeted this out there. You could follow it at Luke Patterson, LP uh, JT O'Sullivan, right? My guy. I love the QB school. I can't can't get enough of it, man. I learned so much from that guy. I encourage everybody to go look at JT uh, O'Sullivan's channel, but Corlin Sutton quit on one of those routes. It was specifically a third and seven uh, versus a cover zero. Now, that if you remember Broncos country looked like an absolute overthrown ball um, on, I, I forget the route, but Cortland just stopped running. And it's like, yeah. bro, that one wasn't on Russ. There was obviously a miscommunication between quarterback and receiver, but that's what's cleaning up these mistakes is all about i mean yeah. preseason football that's the definition this is when we clean those things up and Cortland's a baller so just like you're saying man i, I would definitely agree with you he's going to have more yards um he'll probably have more touchdowns but i think when it comes to the nitty-gritty of catches man i think jerry judy might have more receptions just because mm-hmm. he's going to be that number one read underneath and Stu mcpeak man you've been very patient i was just reaching out to Stu the other day. I hope you and your family are doing well finishing up summer. Uh, Stu's been with us since the beginning here on MHI. Looking forward to seeing a good running game. Only concern, can the offensive line hold up? Stu wrote about yeah. in mine today over at milehighhuddle.com in my training camp journal. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, we talk about quarterback turnover. We talk about coaching turnover. This is the third offense in three years for Quinn Miners, a guy who was – Division three, Wisconsin Whitewater, teaching himself the center position. I know, I know, I know he doesn't play center here with the Broncos, right guard. But, man, that's a lot of learning for a young man, I think 25 years old, and he's being asked to do a lot. Now, speaking of a lot, he put on a little bit of weight, a lot of weight, 15 to 20 pounds. Russ talked about it today. He's playing at like 340, and he's all muscle. It's not sloppy weight. I like Quinn Miners a lot in this run game, Stu. I love it. I'm seeing some improved technique and pass protection, but good Lord, Jonathan Harris got after him the other day. And you still have to clean some things up when it comes to that interior line with Lloyd Cushenberry, who's had a very good camp. 
uh, Quinn Miners and new guy Ben Powers, but I like the interior offensive line right now. Today, they were absolute road graders for our guy, Jaleel McLaughlin. Yes, Jaleel McLaughlin, the same guy that Thomas and I have been writing about at nauseum over at milehighhuddle.com. I don't want to hear about Tyler Batty, who got hurt, by the way, today and watched the rest of practice. While Jaleel McLaughlin shaking guys, he's taking contact. I mean, you can't get this guy out of the game. So watch out for Jaleel McLaughlin coming to a 53-man roster near you. Absolutely. I, I actually, uh, I think Quinn Miners, we all knew he had to develop. So he he's still developing, right? He's still developing. It's only three years, but he's a small school. He didn't have a ton of experience. He didn't have a, you know, he didn't wasn't in the Big Ten where, you know, people get more NFL-ready type snaps. So he's, yeah, you know, and the, like you said, not only did he have to change schemes and coaches he had to change his body he lowered his weight to play in a more quick scheme with his own blocking uh wide zone so he's had this up and down and and, and all this while he's still starting still playing well i loved watching him i loved it when he was out there when javante williams is fighting yards and miners is out there running ramming into people then pushing the pile you know no quit in the guy so i'm i'm excited for his progress over the next couple of years I think he can be I, – I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he can be a really good yeah. guard. I co-signed that 100%. You know, it's it was a real joy to see him, Jonathan Cooper, and Baron Browning drafted after I picked all those guys at the yeah. Senior Bowl. I was boots on the ground for MHH like I am every year. And to see three guys that you picked for the Broncos end up on the squad and hopefully have a future – that's always exciting. Just like Phil McLaughlin, man, always exciting coming in here, giving us all kinds of love and support here on MHI. After listening to Peyton, I think he's hiding Greg Dulcich until the regular season. Peyton said, quote, Dulcich's role would evolve as the season progresses, end quote. I've got a feeling we will see a completely different offense against the Raiders. Phil, it's so funny you say that because I was having some conversations with some fans today on the Hill, some media members on the Hill, some friends of ours on MHI, Tom, and an interesting theory came up that I don't think would shock anybody. What about Greg Dulcich as a receiver in the slot? That sure yeah. takes away the whole blocking element that he's getting eviscerated for. Today, he was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, in blocking against the Cardinals, he was absolutely horrible. He's not a blocker, period. Um, that, not to say that he shouldn't try to improve, and I think he's trying. But look, man, sometimes a zebra is a zebra. They've got their stripes, and you can't give them spots. Maybe that's the case with Greg Dulcich. And like Phil's suggesting, Sean Payton's slide of hand. Maybe you see a more receiver-like role for Greg yeah. Dulcich in this offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as hiding him uh, with how they're going to use him in the offense, absolutely. I, I think they are. I think they've got bigger plans. You're not you're seeing a vanilla offense. And it was strange to watch a non-vanilla defense going like crazy after, you know, rushing everybody after their offense. And I, I mentioned, I was like, why are they doing that? That seems strange. But yeah, <laughs> I think you're going to see a different use of a lot of players and Dulcich being one of them. And I think you're you're right on the offense going to be different from that we're seeing in preseason. When you come out week one, you're going to see some definitely some different wrinkles. Uh, and like I said earlier, you're going to see a more potent running game, something that really predicates the offense in general. The running game is going to be what sets up a lot of this stuff on the offense. And you're not you're not able to see in preseason. Like I said, you, you're pulling people out right away and putting in second and third teamers, and you're, there's no 
consistency. There's no uh, building that run game over time, over attrition to like wear out the, the defense. And I know people say, you oh, it doesn't wear out the defense. The, if you're pounding the rock at somebody in the running game, play in, play out, that has an effect on the defense. It, yeah, it, whoever says that's an idiot and they don't know football, <laughs> and I'll tell it to them on Twitter, on their face, on these very airwaves. If you don't think that running the football is an effective way to wear a defense, let alone win a football game, you just don't know this game. Now, I know that PFF and certain analysts will come out there, and, and, and Tom, you know better than I do. I mean, you've designed systems for football analysis, for crying out loud. But it can intimidate a casual fan or, or even some of those in the media, right? I see it. And guys and gals will pretend they know what it is and pretend that it's the end-all, be-all. And let's look at charts and graphs and throw all this stuff out. And that'll surely give us the credentials to talk about football. That's not the case, guys. Look, we're not rocket scientists out here. We're playing football. These guys are playing football. And that's not to say this isn't complex. That's not to say that it's not difficult. But... Uh, Sean Payton is going to run the ball. If you don't believe me, maybe you believe Russell Wilson, who talked about it today at the podium yeah. as well. I mean, uh, he's covering a little bit for his big guys. And, you know, not a there's never a hard question asked out there at camp. It drives me absolutely crazy. But he was covering for Garrett a little bit when they're like, how do you feel about Garrett? And he's like, I love Garrett. Garrett's playing great. I feel the momentum. I, and then he went through, Tom, every single member of the offensive line, gave them a compliment shouted them out by name and it was all based on the run game now Garrett Bowles the run blocker I like it a lot he's very athletic he can climb to the second level now we're talking that's when that camouflage comes in and you try to camouflage some of those weaknesses Sean Payton's going to run this football he just doesn't want you to to get his looks right now he doesn't want you to know the personnel he doesn't want you to know when he wants to do it he doesn't want any sort of script out there it's one of the reasons why it's been so damn hard to report about training camp, if I'm being honest. I, I can't share the normal videos that I usually do, the normal tweets that I normally do. I've already gotten in trouble week one right. doing that kind of thing. It's just a different vibe. It's a different era out at Centura Health Training Center, and we almost have to trust our gut and let Sean Payton uh, operate and, and figure it out into the regular season. Well, analytics aren't going to tell you the the story of a man pushing another man against his will and what that ha has an effect on <laughs> their psyche. It. If they go out and they push those uh, defensive linemen around and run the ball down their throat when they want to, that has an effect, not just physically, but mentally, you know, so you can't you it's hard to measure those type of things over a long period of time that gets lost in analytics. I'm an analyst. I know, but I also am a football guy, football player, football coach. I know that there's other things that, that you need to look at as well. So when the live fire is happening, the real snaps, and if this offensive line can manhandle a defensive line, that is going to change the entire outlook of that game. And if the defense can step up and stop them a few times, then you're going to see some wins stacked together. Well, and running the ball is all about attitude. And last time I checked, Sean Payton has plenty of both, 
running yes. the ball and attitude. He's a salty guy. It's one of the reasons guys can't guys and gals can't stand him. Fans, yep. uh, the league. I absolutely love it. This team needs a little bit of piss and vinegar. I'm tired of everyone's great. Like orange slices, sunshines yep. and rainbows. No one on ones, no seven on sevens. And what a joke the New York Jets are. I'm just calling it right now. They're an absolute joke. Don't let this Dalvin Cook signing or any of this HBO hard knocks make you think that the New York Jets are somehow going to all of a sudden transform into perennial contenders. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. What is going to happen is I'm going to give our guy, Gary Leeds Palmer, a very generous shout out because he gives us a generous shout out every single night on MHH and every Wednesday night here on MHI. Hi, Thomas, Luke, and Scott. I'm excited to see the growth from week one. Go Broncos and Buckham. And I love it, Gary, because that's what Broncos country is looking for. It's very cool when you see fans out there taking notes, just looking to see something. They're thirsty, right? They're trying to get that that thirst quenched. Any drop. It could be a raindrop. It could be a bottle of Gatorade. We want something. We're looking for signs. The problem with that, folks, and it frustrates me too, it's hard to find signs in the preseason and training camp when everyone, specifically this franchise, is so paranoid about losing a competitive advantage by giving away any sort of information. Tom, we talked about it out there when you were with me at camp. I mean, it's a ticketed event, right? 3,000 fans per day. How do we know that there aren't some pros, guys? And getting from other teams to look at training yep. camp. I mean, these are things I'm telling you that Sean Payton has already implemented. He's already thought about. I mean, it's Mike Shanahan. We're talking about Mike Shanahan getting snubbed. It's Mike Shanahan level stuff. It's Mike Shanahan level control. It's Mike Shanahan level competitiveness. And I love it. Any given Sunday, one of my favorite football movies of all time with what Dennis Quaid, Jamie Foxx and Al Pacino, the yep. whole scenes, all those scenes in the movies of, of, you know, the locker room being recorded and team moles and stuff like that. That stuff kind of came from the Denver Broncos who consulted specifically with Mike Shanahan during that movie. So I'm not saying that Sean Payton's spying on guys in the locker room. I'm saying that he's willing to go to any lengths necessary to keep a competitive edge, even if that means preseason and training camp looks a little frustrating. Well, uh, winning is the most important thing to him, pretty much. I mean, you can see, you know, uh, the past, look at the past and see what has happened and, and what he's done in order to win. So I'm I'm with you. He doesn't want to give anything away. And, you know, really, look, the preseason, if you're a fan that wants to see wins, you're looking at the wrong thing. I think I remember, like, there were seasons where Peyton Manning and his team in Indianapolis, like, didn't win a preseason game and then went out and won 14 games. I mean, it's it's almost that drastic but what you do look for is individual plays individual players and see how the team is kind of melding together that's that's the important part really preseason after after this week the final week is going to be all about those roster bubble guys whether they make it or not and they, they're not going to care about the win i mean they may in their mind like oh yeah we lost oh, well but they're 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 going to care more about the evaluation if you're going out and you're you're trying to win three and oh in the preseason you're going about it the wrong way so well, and one hundred percent. And one thing that I would echo and piggyback just off of that, I liked that when you saw the post game coverage of the Broncos walking into the tunnel, none of them were smiling and laughing. They all looked a little pissed off that they lost that preseason game, and that was a new subtle change. It's not the most important thing ever. I'm sure those guys couldn't wait to get back to Denver and have an off day, but. 
Last year, we're looking at Melvin Gordon yucking it up on the sidelines, dropping, fumbling yeah. the football, not giving a gee whiz with Jerry Judy. And that kind of energy is infectious. And you know what's also infectious? Positive energy. I mean, Sean said what he wanted to see and what he didn't want to see. We didn't see the Gilligan hats. We didn't see the sideline interviews. We didn't see the sunflower seeds. You know, just those simple things are just small indicators that should give this fan base a little bit of hope. Speaking of hope, our guy Derek's coming in here, hoping to show us some love and give us some support. Thank you so much for joining Tom and I on your Wednesday night, Derek. What did Mike Shanahan do to deserve this? <laughs> you look at this list of the years. You look at the list of this year's coaches and contributors, and Mike Shanahan's name leaps off of the page. He changed the game forever, but Bill Cower goes in right away. What's up with that? And Derek, that's exactly right, man. We're we're with you. We're reacting. Thank you for venting to us here on MHI, where we're reacting to Mike Shanahan getting snubbed from the Pro Football Hall of Fame today. Uh, that news literally broke as practice started, the meat and potatoes of practice. And man, Broncos country's pissed, and they should be. It's it's yeah. Mike Shanahan. Tom and I just talked about for a good fifteen minutes the quantum leap he's made in not only the game, but you look at the business of football too. I would argue that he evolutionized the game as a general manager. He doesn't get enough credit for the type of GM that he was truly bringing players in. It's, it's kind of a lost art that head coaches are being separated from with front office brass. Yeah. But what's familiar and what feels good is Sean Payton, right? Kind of get those vibes a little bit. And I like George Payton. Nice enough guy. Don't know if he's the long-term answer. I can tell you this definitively. Sean Payton will be here longer than George. And that's because he also understands the level of GM uh, responsibilities. So that's not to say he wants to be the GM like Mike was. But I'm with you, Derek. So is Tom. Uh, what's Mike got to do to get in the hall? I mean, I just <laughs> I'm scratching my head. Now, Thomas, Thomas has given us some good news, Derek. If Randy Gratishar gets in, then that should make us feel a little bit better because I saw Randy out at training camp just two days ago. He was the featured alumni, and he was the most popular Bronco that's come back to camp, if I'm being honest. I've seen the lines out there every day. Um, I think Ryan Harris was out there today, right? Great line, uh, yeah. Super Bowl 50 champ. However... There is only one sack master that is Randy Gratishar. So, Derek, maybe Randy getting in gives us a little bit of relief and we can finally celebrate Gratishar in Canton. Yeah, I mean, the, it, if anybody's going to be pissed off, it's if Randy Gratishar. I mean, that is time to get the pitchforks. What are you going to do, out. Tom? Like, because <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say it right now. I don't think he's going to get in and that's not because so. he doesn't deserve it. No, no, of course not. I don't think so. I didn't think Mike was going to get in. That's, yeah. that's just, I've accepted it, Tom. This is, it is what it is. And I hear what you're saying because you are bringing factual based evidence into play. When you say, look, man, Luke, it hasn't been as bad as you're making it to be. You look at the last few years, five to six guys have gotten in and you're exactly right. But when have they gotten in? They've gotten in at the wrong time. Just like you've lamented about Bill Cower getting in at the wrong time. I mean, DeMarcus Ware, he can get in before Randy Gratishar? Like, yeah. come on, man. There's something funky with that picture. Well, the, I'll tell you, the senior class has been tough to get in. Randy Randy Gratishar should have been in back, you know, right after, like, Jack Lambert and those guys got in because he was that good. It, it is – he got – he is mm. – that's the bone to pick is they were ignored Denver Broncos for a long time and it's pushed many of them into the backlog, so to speak. That's the problem, but – Randy Gratishar, I think if you look at last year's vote, three people got in, 
three senior candidates got in. Randy Gratishar was the next one in line. Now that doesn't mean he's going to get in that there's no queue. There's no anything like that, but he had enough. He was like number four really in the voting, so to speak, four to six, somewhere in there. So he has a good shot. I would be surprised to not see him get in this year. And I'm telling you, it's not just Denver Broncos fans out there. I I'm in tune with a lot of the hall of fame people, a lot of the historians, a lot of other fan bases are saying that Randy Gratishar is the biggest snub right now. If he doesn't get in, it's not just Broncos fans that are pissed. There are historians that are going to be like, what the hell is going on with this Hall of Fame selection process? There's going to be people from other fan bases that are going to be saying, what the hell's wrong with the selection process? It is his time, and if he doesn't get in, it is probably, the, I mean, it is a huge, tra- you think about the travesty of, um, the guy, the Green Bay Packer, and I'm drawing a blank on his, he was back from the 60s, a guard that didn't get in for a long time, finally get in. That was like the last tragedy. Now it's Randy Gratishar. It's his, it is time for him to get in. I think he does. And I'm I don't I'm going to knock on wood right now because I don't want to jinx it. But there's so much pressure right now. There, there's so much buzz and so everywhere coming into these selectors that they can't overlook it this year. They just can't. They've got to put the past behind them and say, this is, look at Randy Grant, what Granny Gratishar did. He's the only, people have looked at it. He's the only super, uh, the Broncos are the only uh, Super Bowl uh, representative that is eligible for the Hall of Fame that isn't in. There, there's no, there's no player from the 1977 Super Bowl uh, in the Hall of Fame. Everybody else, all the other eligible teams that have had been in the Super Bowl aren't in. And he's the only me- that, like the there's no member of that iconic defense where all the other iconic defenses, the Steel Curtain, the Monsters of the Midway, the Doomsday, Purple they all have somebody eaters. in. Yeah, they mm-hmm. all have somebody in. The Orange Crush does it, and it's not a flash in the pan. The Denver Broncos defense from 70, uh, 75 to you know late 70s, they had a, a defense by me- many metrics that were still in the top three and top five. It's not a flash in the pan defense. This was a solid, excellent defense, and they're not representative. And I think it changes. I think I think it changes next week. I, I think you'll hear Gradishar's name called. And if if not, I am going to be beside what you myself. Do? What are you going to do, Tom? I, need I don't know. <laughs> what are you? Bre- what are you? Uh, what are you going to break? What are you, who are you going to write? <laughs> Someone's going to get a strongly worded letter. That's after right. That move. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm frustrated just like the rest of Broncos country and, and Gina Cooper weighing in here saying, look, the Hall of Fame just makes you shake your head. And Gina, I completely agree with you. And I couldn't agree more, actually. I dare I say I, I have beef with the Hall of Fame in general. I can't stand the time of year they do this stuff either, because I feel like it's one of the reasons I don't think Randy Gratishar is going to get in. He didn't get in last year. And then what happens? Two weeks comes and goes, the regular season's here, and everybody, not everybody, Tom, I know you're not everybody, but people kind of forget, right? And they're kind of, oh, well, it's a new season, let's maybe next year kind of a thing. I hate it. That should be going on during the off season because it deserves our utmost attention. Maybe these guys would get a little bit more momentum coming into the winter, and I know it's draft coverage and everything, free agency and all those sorts of things, but it's just super frustrating when – I hear those those facts like I did not know until you told us on these airwaves tonight, Tom. And maybe it's just me being ignorant that, uh, you know, the jacket stayed in Canton. It didn't go 
with the family if the family received it, so to speak. I didn't know that. And a lot of Broncos countries weighing in on that saying, damn, that's kind of kind of jacked up. But um, it is what it is. Canton and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they're closely associated with the NFL. Right, Tom? But they're not quite like together it's kind of an independent thing it's it's its own entity really right i mean out of canton am i am i am i hitting the mark on that one because i just i scratch my head it's unfamiliar it makes me grouchy i don't know i don't know how to feel about the pro football hall of fame i'm pumped when my guys get in and i hate it when my guys don't yeah yeah no it they're they're separate entities but I'm going to just give a shout out to uh, Colby for coming in with some uh, Facebook stars. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. We also Colby. have George Fox with some Facebook stars with the support. Uh, I'll, George. I'll get to your question here because I'm a, I'm a big Dan Reeves. Guy, Dan Reeves. Just, re, just think about it this way. In 2017, Terrell Davis went into the hall of fame. And then in 2019, we got Bolin and Bailey. And then in 2020, we got Steve Atwater. And if we get Randy Gratishar too late on Bolin, too late on Atwater. I'm not giving credit. It's Go too ahead. late, but I'm just I'm, what I'm saying is the Hall of Fame. If you think about it that way, the Hall of Fame is warming up to Denver Broncos in the Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. In the past, you have a beef, but you don't have a beef now. The the modern is it because they're, the they're, voters are dying, or what's the what's I don't the know. changing of the guard on that, Tom? Because personally, like, you're exactly personally right. what you're I, exactly what I, right. What I think it is really is. Fans are are getting smarter about using social media the right way to keep these names in front of the voters, right? Because in the past, mm. they never watched them. You know, really, I mean, you, you, you're you in New York. You're not watching the Denver Broncos playing on Sunday in 1978, 79, for the most part, right. or 82. You're watching the New York Jets or the Giants. They're, they're in your area. But you have more ability to watch games, and you have social media where fans and, – and this is the key. Don't be jerks. You know, don't be assholes. <laughs> Sorry for my language. Don't go and, and like start tweeting the uh, Hall of Fame voters and telling them they're, you know, give them the what for or whatever, you know. No, wait be, a second. Wait a second. When... But keep the names mm. in front of these voters. Keep the names in front of them. Keep the people that you want in the forefront because that influences people. People, the human nature. The more you see something, the more you start to recognize it. That's why they play a song on the radio a billion times when it first comes out because it gets people's heads. They start thinking of it, and then it becomes a hit. So remember, do it respectfully, but keep the names out in front of them. But I'll tell you this. Mike Shanahan has a little bit better resume than Dan Reeves, but Dan Reeves has a Hall of Fame resume. He was was the – until Belichick and Brady came along, he was the person that was in the most Super Bowls of all time, nine took the Broncos to three, took the Falcons, turned, I mean, the Falcons, who'd never been anywhere, done anything, got them to the Super Bowl. I think Dan Reeves is a Hall of Fame. You, you can go check out my articles about Dan Reeves, Mike Shannon, the top 15 Broncos who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame on mylihuddle.com. I lay out a case for Dan Reeves as well. I think he's deserving. Unfortunately, he's passed on, and like I said, the family's not going to get a gold jacket when he gets in. I- and that's the shame of the whole thing. I mean, like these these guys, and I know I know you know some of them, right? So I don't want to step on some toes and stuff like that. But 
Man, I'm going to tell you, you might want to fire out a, a feisty tweet when Randy doesn't make it. I mean, like, it's because those guys are doing an injustice. And look, we're all imperfect, right? That's humanity. And in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> we're talking about the Pro Football of Fame. No one's getting hurt. No one's getting injured, right? So definitely, I don't like opening hate mail any more than you do, Tom, on Twitter, Facebook, or anything else. We all get it. Um, but no, it's that's a good point. I mean... Look, there's a human element to this whole thing, and that whether that be reaction, voting, and I think you hit on something that encourages me. The one positive about social media, it's getting some of these these ghosts, if you will, it, it, to young guys and young gals, the casual football team. It's getting those ghosts out of being just that. They weren't ghosts. They're actually legends. And if you go back, there's a lot we can learn from some of these legends, especially when you look at how those things are implemented in the 2023 offense. Michael Ronquillo coming in again, man. He started off hot. He's making sure we close hot. Great show tonight, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos and Buckham. And Keith, I wanted to get our guy real quick, man. Keith's our guy. We got to hang out with him over at training camp. I'm so proud of him. Keith's doing a, a really bang-up job over on the RMSN Network. You'll have to check out some of Keith's work. I absolutely love to plug that. Good job, buddy. Keep it going. Yeah. How many of Mike Shanahan's players are in the hall, but homeboy can't get in? That's what I'm saying, Keith. Like Terrell Davis, John Elway, Shannon Sharp. Who am I missing? Uh, Gary Zimmerman. Yep, I was just going to say. Champ Bailey. (laughs) There's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, Champ, right? I forgot all about that. He brought Champ to the Broncos. Without Mike, there is no Champ Bailey with the Denver Broncos and some of those players. So, Keith, you're exactly right, man. Keep keep plugging away, dude. Absolutely so pumped to see what you're doing. Um, And Broncos country, man, you guys came in hot, fast, and furious. We've been reacting to Mike Shanahan getting that snub. Our fingers are still crossed. Randy Gratishar right now and yep. uh that would be really really special because it was special to me to see how much that this fan base loves Randy when he was out at camp a couple of days ago I actually felt bad Tom because if I had I should have known he was going to be there because I would have stood in that line for you bro and yep. tried to get some sort of insignia because you have been campaigning deservingly so for Randy Gratishar some of these lesser known i'm using with air quotes <laughs> for national media lesser known denver broncos legends i mean these guys have got to come to the forefront like you're saying and you've been a huge champion of that cause man so when i see all those folks lined up there randy gratishar's tent i'm definitely thinking of thomas on the legends of mile high podcast every friday morning where ken Lanier's former Broncos right tackle, arguably the best right tackle in franchise history. It's going to be wrapping with Thomas. Anything from what it was like playing in the good old days of football, two a days, what training camp used to mean versus how do we fix this current offensive line? You guys do not want to miss that. That's going to be Friday morning on these very airwaves. And then if you didn't get enough Thomas, He's coming right back at you with Ron White for a special pregame coverage of Orange and Blue View at 5.30 p.m. Mountain on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And the nice thing, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking with Ken Lanier. Super nice guy. Very knowledgeable. He played in the the league for uh, 13, I think 13 or 14 years. He did play for a little while for the Raiders. So one year for the Ah. Raiders, but you can't fault him on that. But I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to to Saturday night because that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing the pregame shows because we're the night before the, the game the next day. We're going to be bringing you pregame shows, 
and we're going to be bringing you really good information, right? I'm not, we're not just going to yuck it up like the, uh, the guys on NFL today or whatever. We're going to bring you valuable information that you're going to be able to look and see what is happening on the field, right? Some good, valuable information that will get you prepped for the games. We're going to be launching it tomorrow or uh, Saturday. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Be sure to check out Thomas Hall on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Thomas and I both have a couple of articles headlining milehighhuddle.com. Please check it out. If you'd like to read about Mike Shanahan's snub, Thomas has a piece up right now. Again, milehighhuddle.com. You can read my training camp journal for the day where I talked about Quinn Miner's role, Kareem Jackson coming back into the starting lineup, and much more. Tomorrow will be the final day of training camp open to the public. I hope to see a lot of you folks out there. Come say hello. It's been an absolute blast. And then you can catch me on the airwaves tomorrow night on 104.3 The Fan for Denver Sports Tonight. I will be co-hosting 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Happy to get some reps with those fellas. Broncos yeah, that's country. a big deal. That's a big deal, yeah, man. Uh, I, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, check it out. Tune in, man. I, I, I listened to your last one. You were on with Cecil. It was awesome. It was a great job. Thanks, brother. No, I appreciate that. That's why we are MHI, because we are constantly trying to get these ideas out there. I told you big special things were coming this season. Maybe y'all just didn't believe us. I mean, we're getting Justin... Thomas Hall is getting Justin Simmons on twice in two years. He's getting Ken Lanier's on. He's had Carl Mecklenburg on. Your boy's been hosting some primetime radio here in Denver. I mean, you just never know where MHI is going to be headed. And Colby Collier coming in. Hall of Fame Buckham shirt? Sounds good to me. You could at Chad Jensen MHH on that one. I have no plug for that. If you guys do want a uh, some gear like the hats that we're wearing. You could head on over to MHHmerch.com, get your swag on. The Huddle Up Boys are going to be back tomorrow night on Thursday, and I'm sure Broncos for breakfast, they rock like Thursday and Friday, Friday Thursday-ish, um, and then Legends of Mile High Friday, pregame show Saturday. Broncos country, stay tuned and locked on to Mile High Huddle. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for a happening show. Remember, this is the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.